dropped. We've been doing this series, and it's something that I come back to time and time again. And, uh, and we did it, I don't know, two years ago. I did about three-week teaching on the kingdom of God. Every so often when I do it, and every time I do it, Jesus said that it, the kingdom, the knowledge of the kingdom would be made revealed to you. And so if you seek it, it'll be revealed. If you don't seek it, it will never be revealed. And so the more I seek it, and the more I have looked, the more I have run into. And I have some stuff probably coming, in a, even though it, I, it's fresh, it's not coming tonight. Because it's still, I'm still sorting out really what the Lord's showing me and what he started showing me um, even as early as today. And um, it's just powerful. It's powerful. We left off last week. We were going to start with worship. We might actually end with it. Um, we left off last week, and I started really helping us, hopefully, prayerfully, helping you to understand the, what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom. The difference between a church, church, people can take their church memberships and burn it. It means nothing. It's not that important. Not important for anything. But where we really tap into something is when we understand what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom. I'll go as far as to say this. I am not a Christian. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. We, we pull the term Christian, but really we're a citizen. Jesus said, right? He said that we're to seek first the kingdom of God. We, 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 I'll, I'll get into it more, but we like to coin phrases and use terminology and use words that there's no power there. It might sound good, but there's no power there. Like I, like I was trying to emphasize last week, churches will focus on becoming a member. You know, you have to do these three things. Then we'll have membership Sunday. The, the church body's going to accept you in. And now you get to vote whether the preacher gets another contract for a year. And you get to vote on whether we're going to change the carpet color. And things like that. And while all of those things are important to keep a church operating, there's no power that we're talking about that that what we're assigned to do as part of the body of Christ is to to superimpose as I like to call it or bring heaven to earth right when we pray we're to see miracles we're to see things transpire we're to see things take place and so we have to go where the power is and so that's why I really find it, it really important and it's necessary if you can understand and really get revelation of what it is to be a part of the kingdom of God, how it operates, even down to, we started alluding last week a little bit into our prayer life, that the power that is available to us, when you and I have a, the revelation of being a citizen, it'll, it'll change your prayer life. It, it's not so much, Lord, if you can give this, or Lord, please, or, or even begging, but when I understand I'm a citizen, I demand that's what real prayer is. That's what petitioning is. It's saying, I receive this because of my citizenship. All right? And so it will revolutionize all of that. That's why I'm not a beggar when I pray. We just pray, believe that it's done, walk away believing I've received it, and move on. The same thing is true not just in prayer, but in, in, in life and the abundance of God, understanding who we are in the kingdom of God. That all the things, see, we like to preach, especially in our charismatic Pentecostal churches, we like to, we like to quote Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things are going to be added unto you. Look what God's going to do. He's going to give you all these things. 
but we omit the message of the kingdom. He said, if you seek the kingdom, these are the things that I'll give to you. We like to, we like to preach prosperity gospel and all of these things that are trying to say that God's going to get you rich. No, let me just go as far as to say this. God's not trying to necessarily get you rich, but God will reward you if you're a good manager. That comes further in the kingdom. All right. God can't reward and bless you if you're not a manager. I just started challenging my mom. We, I have the whole plan for the new year. And because she's church administrator, I've been getting frustrated over different things. Ever since we moved from Brownsville and came here and then we had to move and half of our, all of our offices were over there and we have everything, we still haven't quite figured out where everything is. And so, out of frustration, I mean, she's still unpacking sermons. Still today, she's still sorting some. I have so many messages. I have somewhere over like 50,000 messages. I mean, some, it's crazy like this. It's got to be because we still have four boxes to go. And Anyway, um, the Lord was speaking to me through it. And it's even more and more revelation of the kingdom. He had given me revelation years ago about uh, how a lot of times we take preaching of, of giving and we take preaching like that and... and We'll use a scripture to benefit us and we'll, you can take any scripture and you can make it say what you want it to say. But if you, but we're to use it in context. And so the really, the Lord really started dealing with me and he started showing me as we were preparing to close out this year for the new year about being good managers more and more. I think Michelle, I did some preaching for leadership maybe years ago. You might remember, I don't know on the only way you can ever be deployed is if you're first a good manager. Okay. I'm so you remember something. Hallelujah. That Michelle didn't. Hallelujah. Do you? And so God is looking for us. And even Jesus gives an example. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Gives an example of it that he's calling us to be good managers in a parable. And so if we ever really want to tap into being blessed, uh, in other words, uh, I've sort of used the example, you stop praying for God to give you a, a brand new car if you can't manage the one that you have right now, right? Or stop praying for God to give you this. Or God wants us to man. He wants us to be a good manager. And so a lot of times we're guilty in the church of taking scriptures out of context to give people a, we're trying to be careful, give people something that sounds cute now that will get you to shout now that was 10 years ago and has anything changed right or anyway I'll, I'll quit because I'll get myself in a lot of trouble but all of this that I mentioned so far comes back to the message of the kingdom he wants you not to have an understanding of that understanding who we are whose we are who we are fully walking in that walking in that authority and so we started breaking that away that, that's and i think where we left off last week you might have to help me we left off in hebrews where i was saying that we have the right to command the armies of the lord right and a lot of times people will use scripture to call us the army of the lord but it's not even accurate but he said that we have charge he's he's given he's given us that ability and we need to understand as part of the kingdom of God that whatever he says through our, our constitution, the word of God, that we can have, it's important why we, why we read it and we know it um, so that you know that w what, what I like to do is when I go to prayer, I see results when I pray, not because I'm closer to God, but I understand my constitution. And so I just take the word to him. 
And I say, God, this is what you said. So I thank you, I receive it. I walk away and then I just expect it to come. So you, you can't know your rights if you don't know the laws that you're to operate within. And that's what the word of God is. It's, it's God's constitution for us. He's saying, this is, this is what's available to you. This is the realm of which you work within. And so if we understand that, it'll help us out a lot. Hallelujah. And knowing what we can receive, how to receive it. We, we touched on a little bit about weeks ago on just uh, the different keys to access the kingdom. We'll get into some more of those, but um, God help me. I don't like it. I'm, I might go a little different than I had thought. I have so much stuff um, that I want to get into. It's just navigating where we're going to go first. Hallelujah. Are you all ready? Well, we better pray first. Glory to God. And ask him to help us and help me to flow tonight. Father, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. And we glorify you that, God, you are awesome. And, God, you are so worthy to be praised. So, Father, we need you tonight. We need you tonight, Lord, more than we did earlier today. And so, Father, we just ask that you would help us today, help us to flow. And that, God, that you would help us to receive an understanding and revelation God, God, not just information tonight, but Father, would you give us revelation of your word, revelation of your kingdom. God, help us to be empowered tonight to receive from heaven tonight, to know more about whose we are, who we are, who you are, and that God, that we would be able to be exactly whom you've called us to be here in the earth and accomplish, God, what, what you desire us to accomplish. Not, not, not a form of godliness, but, Lord, uh, uh, be a people that are godly, but Lord, the people that are able to tap into the power, to tap into the results, God, of who you are, and, and, and being able to see your, your kingdom manifest in the manner that you desire. So, Father, we thank you for it. Lord, we praise you for it. Help us in this room tonight, and God, just release your revelation. God, stir us up. Help us, God. Provoke our thoughts and our discussion tonight. As we go into your word and we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. Mighty God that you are, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Finally, by the way, Amy, um, part one is up. You ask about it on podcast because you missed it's up and the others are soon following but he was waiting on me to finally send part one so he could put them up chronologically all right so. hallelujah let's go first to matthew 4 we'll start there matthew 4 we've been all over the place but i think we're going to begin in matthew 4 Feel free to jump in. I like it when we have some good discussion like we did last week. Hallelujah. Yeah. Matthew 4. Matthew 4. Yeah, Matthew 4, verse 17. And it begins, From that time, 
Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4. I've been looking in, in Luke all day long. It's the same thing. Um, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message of Jesus from this point on, all Jesus will preach, his only message is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. He does it in various ways through parables and he's teaching with the disciples. It's the kingdom of God. And so I want us to take a, a minute just to understand. Uh, I might actually tap into a little bit on our kingdom authority in prayer. But um, I want us to understand the assignment of Jesus. That I want us to first understand when it comes tonight to, to where we're going to get to. That the original plan of God was to extend his heavenly kingdom on earth through us. That's what he wants to do, is to extend his heavenly kingdom here on earth through you and I. To have a family of sons and not just servants. We're to, we're to be sonships. We like to use the term servant. We'll get to it, but um, he really wants you and I to be sons. Amen. That, that means... It helps to go back to where we were last week, that we're inheritors. Hallelujah. Not just a, a servant. He doesn't want me just to be a lowly servant, but he wants us to be a son. Uh, religion often teaches us, and when we tapped into this over the last few weeks about church, and we dealt with, I think, quite a bit, I think it was last week, on religion and how religion will want us to, yeah, religion will want us to be a church member and not necessarily teaching us who we are in, in him, that religion teaches us to us just to be servants of the Lord. But the kingdom message teaches you and I to be sons of God. That's the difference. Sons of God, so that I can be an inheritor, so I can receive what he says I can have. Uh, religion will teach us if I work harder, I might get it. If I give more, I'll get it. If, if, I'm, if I'm more faithful in this area, if if I'm nice enough to the preacher, right, whatever it may be, religion will teach us all kinds of things. And so we dealt with that a little bit last week, how there are things that, that churches, religion will teach us that we should do that we'll never find in Scripture. Because a, a, a servant and a son are very different things, right? Uh, religion also sort of makes you and I uh, 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 subjugate, uh, almost subjugated. God never said that he wanted you and I to be just a servant, but he said, I, 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 he desires that you and I be sons. E even Jesus said, Jesus said in John 1, as many believed on him, to him gave he the authority to call themselves the sons of God. Right? One of my, I think my, one of my favorite scriptures that I got the most revelation of years ago was, as many are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. Who? Those that are led. By the Spirit. Another translation um, uh, that reads, as many believed on him, to him he gave the authority to call themselves the sons of God. It, it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So if we think about the, the we all know the story that's here tonight, we all know the story of the prodigal son, all right? 
one went away and squandered all of his goods and and he he uh sat in the pig pen eventually the bible says he came to himself well i'm going to go back to my father and i will ask him just to be a servant that's the mentality of religion i'm just going to go back and ask to start at the bottom right i'm just going to go back and uh you know ask to be a servant i'm not good enough to be sitting with him at the table so or, or i'm not good enough to be sitting uh you know with the rest of them, so I'm just going to go back and, and sort of be a doormat. I'm going to go back and be and, and do whatever it is I can. And and so being a servant, we like to use that term because it sounds humble. It sounds good, all right. But but if we look at it from the way we maybe as parents would look at it, I never want my child to come to me when they do wrong with that kind of mentality, right? When my kids have done wrong and they do from time to time and they'll call and say something. I never want my daughter to say, dad, you know, I've really done wrong, uh, you know, but I'm just going to move back home. And if I can just, you know, clean your house and wash your laundry and, you know, do whatever it is, you know, because I know I can't do anything else, or I know you maybe won't trust me anymore. We, we don't, we don't ever want our kids to do that, right? We don't want ever them, any of them to say, oh, I'm just going to come home to be a maid. Right? We wouldn't feel good about that. I, 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 in other words, Dad, I'm not good enough to eat at your table. Right? I'm not good enough to eat at your table, but I'll, I'll just go and sit and eat with Dingo. Right? No, no, I, I, I don't want them to do that. No, no matter how badly they've disappointed me, I'm not going to remove them from the table from eating with me. All right? And yet, religion has sort of taught us differently. All right? God doesn't have that mentality about us. He doesn't want us to go and eat separately or be, be, be treated less than. The, the prodigal son had the mentality. He even said, I'm not worthy. And that, that mentality, that way, I don't know about you, but I have run into so many people who have that mentality, that idea, we come to church, that, that they just feel less than, pushed down. We, I think we dealt with that a little bit, how, how religion will always push you down, right? It never tries to pull you up. It's relationship with Christ that that will will pull you up it's it's having that relationship the, the understanding of the kingdom of god that will will pull you and i up but religion often tries to push you down and we're never good enough it will never reach the bar of where we need to be we'll never know enough we'll never have enough revelation right uh some places you can't do anything if you're not one of the elite five right or whatever it may be um you know, all of those things. And so uh, we, we end up with that mentality. And so it, 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 it's really a false humility. The Bible says that he wants you and I, I think, Amy, you, you brought it up last week, that he wants us to walk thrown, uh, boldly to the throne of grace. He wants to come to him boldly. And I'm not saying there's not a time for you and I to go to God and be like, Lord, I screwed up. Yes, there is. But even in that, he wants us to come to him boldly. He wants to, us just to come to him and not, not being afraid and saying, Lord, I'm not worthy. He, he wants you and I understand that the message of the kingdom, it messes with us because it's so different than what we've been conditioned to think or to believe or the manner in which we think we should come to God and uh, the, the religious hoops that we sort of have to jump through to get where we need to be with God. And so he wants us to come boldly before him. Right. Remember then the story of the prodigal son, when the father saw his son a long way off, the Bible says that the father ran to him. He embraced him and he wasn't interested in hearing anything about him, about him being a servant. 
the son was once lost, but now he's found. The father was just excited to have him home. And so the story goes on. I'm, I'm going to summarize it for us for the sake of tonight. He, he, to prove it, he, he said, the Bible says that he brought him the ring. The, the, the father said, bring, you know, bring me the ring, the ring, which was a sign of his identity uh, with the family. And then he goes on and he says, you know, bring the ring and then bring me the robe, which was the status of his uh, equality with the children and the father. Right. And then he says, bring me the slippers for him, which which was showed that he was in right standing with the family. And, and then he said, kill the best cow. Right. Just for the special quality of of of, of, of royalty. And, and in other words, he was saying, let's celebrate that royalty just came back home. Didn't matter what you did. Didn't matter how you got it wrong. Didn't matter that you squandered everything. I'm just glad that you're home. The father was trying to instill in him that you are still, even though you screwed up, you are still who I say that you are. Religion has conditioned us to really believe that if I screw up, I'm coming back and have to start all over. I've been there where I've had to like work my way back up the ladder. I'm not saying there's not a time of, of restoration. I'm not saying that depending on the circumstance. Yes, there's time where we got to restore and bring a brother back, bring a sister back, whatever. What I'm saying is, is we have to understand the message of the kingdom really shatters our religious way of often thinking and trying to believe how some things work. This is a good example for you and I that when people let you and I down, when they screw up, when they, when they mess up completely, I believe I gave the example of my daughter when she called and was scared to death. She said, I just know before I ever tell you this, you're just going to preach me. But she said to me, just all I'm going to ask is please don't preach to me. But I hope when I'm done, you'll still love me. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. Right. So I didn't preach to her. I reinforced to her that I love her because I told her there's nothing you can do that will ever change you from being my daughter. You will disappoint me. I won't always agree with you. Some days I might not like you. Some days you might not like me, right? But there's nothing you will do that will ever change the fact that you're my daughter. And I will love you no matter what. And she said, well, are you? And so then after she told me, she said, am I still allowed to come visit? Did you think I wasn't going to let you? We have that mentality. And as Christians, well, we've, often, um, we've often sort of put that message out that if I don't agree with you, you can't come here. Right? If I don't like you, you can't come here. This is a great message where the, the, the Bible says when he finally came to himself, we need to understand that, that he's saying you are still who you were born to be. You are still an inheritor of, of what I have. You are still here. You are still loved. Amen. And, and, and th that's part of the message of the kingdom that you and I need to, need to keep in mind. Jesus said that the, uh, that the son has inheritance with the father. All right. He has an inheritance with the father. And so uh, the, the third point probably with that that's, that's just as important is, is that he wanted to establish a kingdom of sons and not just subjects. It, it blows up that whole mentality that we're just supposed to be all just serving, serving, serving. And yes, there's a time to serve and we, we wouldn't function without it. There, We need people to serve in all kinds of capacities. But I don't want people just to identify themselves as like a workhorse. Because we already identified a few weeks ago that in a kingdom that 
um, we're not working for the king, but instead the kingdom is working for us. That's the difference. Remember that? Okay. That we're not here just to work for them or for the kingdom, right? But the kingdom, what's different about the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God works for us. That's what the Constitution is that we read. That's what the Word of God is. It's letting me know the boundaries and the parameters of with that, that I have to operate within and then what I can ask of God, that He'll work on my behalf. And so He established the King for, for sons and not subjects. Uh, and I've used the, maybe the last time I taught, I used the example of, of England, how England has a, has a monarchy. It's, it's a good way to you know sort of understand some of it because... Uh, England has a long history of being a, 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 a long history of being a kingdom, and there's remnants of kingdom concepts that are still left there. Not 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 many, but there's a few, and so uh, that's why I said that the the word of God, the Bible we carry around, is is in our hand is not a democracy or it's not a republic like like us, but it's a kingdom, and so that's why we have such a problem understanding and receiving the kingdom of God because it goes against so much of the other things that we're taught. And so uh, the, the dip, one of the differences about the way the England works is England or Jesus is not a prime minister. He is a king. All right. He, he is absolutely a king. And the Bible is not democratic at all. So it throws out a lot of the way that we try to operate, call it kingdom business, but it's not democratic at all. Uh, we, 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 uh, we vote. Well, England does. We don't. We vote our presidents in, but England will vote a prime minister in. Uh, in a kingdom, there are no votes, all right? That, that's a big difference. Uh, in a democracy uh, here, we can, we can uh, pass laws and, and do things to have changes to our constitution, to make referendums, right? They can do it in England too. But what I love and I'm so thankful and grateful that in a kingdom that our opinion doesn't count, there's no referendum. In other words, there's, there's no changing of the, of the gospel. There's no ch- God's not changing his mind trying to add amendments to what he's already decided or anything like that. And we should thank God for that, that he's not changing his mind constantly like, like we do as a society, like our governments do, right? In a democracy, we sort of covered this already, we all have individual rights, right? In a democracy, we all have individual rights, but in a kingdom, it's, it's not about just individual rights, all right? We'll, we'll get to that more. It's not just about just individuals, all right? And in democracy, we, we, we'll change uh, the leader. And we'll change a leader if we don't like them. But in a kingdom, uh, we're the one that changes, not the king, right? That's the big part of it. Don't miss that. In, 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 in the kingdom of God, it is we're the ones that change, not him. Hey, brother, good to see you. So that, that's a big difference right there is, is in... in uh, in our society, especially right now, because now we're in the heat of an election. We'll be looking at election year next year. And everyone's talking about how things need to change, right? And we're going to vote for change. And we're going to do this. And we're going to vote these folks out of office. And we're so used to expecting everyone else to change. But when we're talking about the kingdom of God, it's, it's the kingdom saying, no, you're going to change. And we don't like to change at all. Michelle doesn't like it when Scott says, you need to do this differently, you know. I don't like this, right? We're not conditioned to change. And typically, when people expect us to change, then we get offended, right? So if, if someone approaches us and says, you know, you need to change your attitude uh, or we have to change our perspective of something, right? We, 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 we don't like that necessarily. But, but the way the kingdom operates, God isn't changing. 
He's not going to change the way that he's operating. This is the constitution he's laid out. He's expecting you and I to change. And so uh, <coughs> bear that in mind. Are you still with me? I don't want to. I don't want to. It's hard picking up midways from last week and then going where I want to go. So we're not just servants. We're not just subjects. He's not just trying to keep us below. Uh, that, that's one of the major differences that when, when you think of a kingdom, uh, you know, who is it now? It's not the queen. It's um, King Charles, right? Right? So make sure I got my history right. Um, so now, there's, now they have King Charles. The, the queen has died. And they have subjects. All right? I want you to understand, as far as the kingdom of God, it's not that you and I have subjects. Uh, the kingdoms of the world, they have subjects. But the kingdom of God... The kingdom of God is the only kingdom where the king and all the subjects are family. Hallelujah. Yeah, he is. He is. Now. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, that's what I mean. There's, there's just remnants left over of like a, a good example of the kingdom of God. And so I point this out, though, that the, the, the kingdom of God is the only kingdom where all, the, all of, if, we, if you would call us subjects, are family. It goes back to kind of where we've been the last few weeks, that we're inheritors, all right, of the kingdom. And we're family. Thank you, Lord. It's the only kingdom, think about this, it's the only kingdom where the king and the subjects are all kings, and he is called the king of kings. He refers to you and I as kings and priests. But he is the king of kings. This is not trying to say and put forth the theology that somehow we're all little gods. No. That's being taught a lot. All right. That's not uh, how I see it at all. It, it, it's the message of the kingdom. Were you going to say something, Amy? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's not it at all. All right. Yes, we have power. Yes, he, he demonstrates even through what we've, we've covered already how we tap into that power. But, but. Uh, that that is not where we're going in this in this um, in this direction. Hallelujah! Because we're citizens. We're, we, he desired that when he when he established, he wants us to understand the message of the kingdom of God because he came to establish a commonwealth of of citizens and not just Christians. All right, that's why I, I said what I said earlier that he wanted to establish a commonwealth of citizens, not not just a Christian. Right, his original plan didn't include that we just call ourselves a Christian. I, I don't know about you, but just the term Christian is relatively confusing anymore. Yeah, I mean, it is. People all around the globe and things uh, are, are calling themselves a Christian, and it doesn't look like what I'm familiar with. I'll just leave it there, all right? <laughs> Bless God, anyway. Because uh, I say that because a Christian is a religious people. That's why I said earlier, I don't identify myself as a Christian. A Christian is a religious people. A citizen is a legal people. There's a difference. A citizen understands their rights and their privileges. And so we understand our rights and our privileges. I'm not trying to be a Christian so I can uh, conform to what my church wants me to be and make sure I abide by their bylaws and constitutions so I don't lose my church membership. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. 
uh, what we need to have a greater understanding of uh, because I keep seeing more and more people, the reason why we're spending time on this, more and more people who believe in God for things today that they were 10 years ago and it's not any better. They're not getting any better. They're not getting uh, the miracle they were searching for. They're not getting the breakthrough they were believing for. Their marriage isn't any better. And there's a big difference between understanding and just just praying and asking than there is understanding that you are a citizen and as a citizen that you are you receive it and and then praying it with that kind of power and authority so so uh, if you try to be a christian it will kill you i'm just gonna put it that way i don't want there to be confusion so please I, i'm gonna get blasted on podcast for this i can because someone's gonna listen to just this one message and they're gonna send us hate mail if you try to be a Christian and you try to just abide by all the things that often church says don't do, it will wear you out. It will kill you. This is why it goes back to understanding that, that we are a part of the family, that, that we're an inheritor, like the story of the prodigal son. All right. If you try to operate in that manner, it, it will kill you. All right. It, 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 um, being a Christian, oftentimes religion will often make us almost feel comfortable whether we're in poverty or we're in overflow or whether we're sick or whether we're healthy religion will condition you and i to almost believe this is just this is how god wants it to be this is this is uh, i'm just waiting on him to answer religion teaches us that so we end up getting comfortable and we'll we'll live there we'll dwell there it'll become a part of who we are because we 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 make excuses for god Religion would try to just cover up. Well, well, it hadn't happened yet. I'm just waiting on God's timing. When, when he said, pray, ask, and you'll receive it, right? But we don't receive it because we don't pray within the bounds of the constitution he's given us, the word of God. And we, first of all, don't believe that we're worthy to receive it as sons of God. Remember, I'm not just a Christian. I'm a son of God. I'm an inheritor. And so we don't receive these, these things. So we end up just, it's okay. I'm going to just live far below. I'm going to deal with this sickness. I'm going to deal with this disease. And I've heard it over and over and over again that, uh, oh, this is what, uh, this is my thorn in the flesh. You need great revelation because we, we probably come back next week, maybe the week after. The Lord revealed to me so much about that. And it all comes back to the kingdom. People try to speculate all these things about the thorn in the flesh, the thorn in the flesh. And, oh, good God Almighty. It's so good about what we need to understand uh, for the message of the kingdom of God. And we'll make excuse. My point is, is that we'll make excuses for God and, 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 and yet uh, try to make up for why there isn't change, why there isn't a miracle, why there isn't a healing. And, and we're not operating within the proper bounds of, of our, our own constitution, which is the word of God. And so I said that, that, that I don't that I won't identify. Everyone uses the term. What do you identify as? You know? and all these stupid pronouns and whatnot. And um, I'm not gonna identify as a Christian, but I will identify as a citizen because there's a big difference, all right? Uh, uh, the word Christian was never, ever mentioned by Jesus. He never said to call yourself that, all right? He never said, in fact, uh, the, the word Christian was actually introduced by pagans, but that's beside the point. Uh, Peter didn't use it, John didn't use it. Um, Paul mentioned it, I think, two, three times, but we need to just in fact i thought today i said you know we just need to rebuke that kind of mentality off the church because the minute 
The minute you try to tell an unbeliever that you're a Christian, because of what we've done to the, the, the name, they'll shut you down. They're just not interested. I'm not saying if you introduce yourself as, hi, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. They're going to be like, what? It might. It, could get, it definitely could get a good conversation. I'm just saying we need to be really careful how we try to. People are always asking. They'll ask through the distribution. They ask up here at Norma's Closet. They'll ask me on the street, what kind of church are you? You know, they always want to, to put a label on you in the same manner that now with the food bank, because I have to go in and register to order our food and to do these things. They had this whole profile thing I had to fill out for myself as the you know, person. To, and they wanted me to list. I refused. I shut the whole thing down. I called them. I said, if you all expect me to put in here what my whatever I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to do it. I said, I'll end our partnership right now. I'm not doing this. And they said, well, this is only supposed to be help. I said, I don't care who it's helpful for. I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. I don't get into that stuff. I'm not identifying as nothing else. I am who I am. I said, I don't see why this is important. They wanted to be able to put a label on me, call me something, identify me in some manner or another, or, or so I don't confuse or offend somebody else. I said, if this is where this relationship has gone, we're going to end it now. Everything will stop. You know what I mean? Because... I, 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 won't, I won't go any further because God will be displeased with what comes next. My point is we need to rebuke that kind of mentality. We need to rebuke a lot of the things that we've been taught. I saw y'all come to you that, that we have been taught. It's, it's, I, one of the things I've been praying leading up to this teaching on the kingdom of God is just I've been saying, Lord, show me more of your kingdom. God, help me understand more about how you operate, who you are. God, help me. I started praying that. Sunday afternoon, yeah, because there was no Steeler game. Hallelujah. And I went home Sunday afternoon, and I knew as soon as I get done Sunday, I start thinking, okay, Tuesday night. And I already had, I have like probably five weeks ahead, but I, I, I like to just kind of know where I'm going. I said, Lord, show me more about your kingdom. I said, but Lord, show me more about, show me more about how we're to operate within your kingdom. Show me, show me more. Help me, God, to show the people how they can receive what you said they can have. So we don't have to spend our days on this earth not receiving what you promised. Because I realized, if you remember back two weeks ago, that he, I, I started this where there are keys to the kingdom. And there are several keys that Jesus preached. They're not popular but that we never want to tap into. For example, the Bible says that you and I shouldn't have ought against our brother. That's a key. And so we're, we're praying for healing. We're praying for some financial breakthrough. And there you are sitting in church. She tied my bow tie with your hardened, unforgiving heart. And the Bible says, no, it's locked up for you. Because that forgiveness is a key. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I know you're all not going to shout for me tonight. The truth of the matter is, these are the things that we don't want to teach, because I know they're not popular, but if we are ever going to really receive what he says I can have, if I'm going to be an inheritor, bless God, hallelujah, of what God says I can receive, I, I, it doesn't have to be material. Uh, I'm talking about the peace of God. You will not have peace so long as you have unforgiveness. 
There's no peace to be found, right? Let alone receive, let God open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You and I have to begin to deal with the things that Jesus emphasized, the keys that he gave. And one of them is just forgiveness. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. We have to remember that everything that we do, I like to bring everything back, whether we do something or we not, is it going to demonstrate the kingdom? Right? If people come up with a lot of ideas and they want the church to do this and we should do this, and a lot of times churches have more functions that are more club-oriented than they are kingdom-minded. It's just dumb. I don't need another club. I God, I know I know I don't need another meeting. And so if it's not going to demonstrate the kingdom or impact the kingdom it's no so anytime someone has sort of an idea we should do this if it isn't going to impact the kingdom demonstrate the kingdom of god it's an automatic no so just know that or you come to me right that it's just it it has to benefit the kingdom it has to be an example of the kingdom it has to be us clothing the poor feeding the hungry it has to be uh, you know us empowering the body of christ you know uh, all of those things. I, I don't want to just have revivals for the sake of having them. I want us to have revivals because there's a revelation of the kingdom and we expect to receive, right? That's it. Like uh, we've made Christians, that term again, has made a revival into a three-day event and nothing happens. The same 12 people that got saved at last year's revival are getting saved again, right? We're doing this and it's there's no difference i uh, i'm gonna get way out of where i need to be because jesus if we're going to be a part of a kingdom there needs to be evidence all right that's what we're to demonstrate there has to be evidence all right he said that in acts the word of god says that you and i shall receive power so that we can be witnesses christians have turned witnessing into passing out tracks. That is not what that word means. Tracks are cute. Tracks are nice. Very often they're effective. The Baptists are very effective with it. Very, yeah. That's where I'm going. Right, right, right. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it means in Acts when he says that, he said, you will receive power, Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be witnesses. We Christians have turned being a witness into passing out tracts, and we think that's the kingdom business. It's good. It's fine. I'm not rebuking you if, if you do that. What I'm saying is that word witness actually means that is the evidence. It means that where I walk and where I go and where I pray and where I preach— there's evidence. That's what that word means. And so we, but we've turned it into something that makes the, 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 we've turned it into something that everybody who identifies as a Christian is okay with. Because anybody can hand out a piece of paper. But it's a whole other story to walk in a kind of power where there's evidence. 
I alluded to that message that some of you remember from some time ago, that, that there is the necessary that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? That testimony, we have to be able to provide evidence, right? And so when I pray and I say, Lord, I thank you, I've been going through a, a battle physically. And finally, I just said, you know, I'm not going one more, I'm not doing one more test, one more scan, one more whatever of this is, but Lord... I thank you that you're healing me. I literally said this a couple weeks ago. And I canceled these last scans. I just said, Lord, because I'm going to give you time to operate. And this is what I said to the Lord. And then I haven't prayed it since. I said, Lord, I thank you that you're healing me because I'm going to be evidence. You're healing me because I will be evidence for you, right? So that I, I can be a witness right? You're not just going to, you're not going to heal me because I said so, because I asked, but you're not going to just heal me just because your word says so. All of those things are valid. When I pray, I remind him of his word, but I said, Lord, I thank you that you're healing me now because I'm going to be evidence. Uh, I'll be a witness, right? You have to understand that that's what he's called us to be. He said, we're going to receive power so that we can be witnesses to him throughout the world. So, that's the reason that God wants you and I to, 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 to heal us. And so, but religion would tell me, Lord, if you'll heal me, if it's your will, Lord, heal me now. But no, I understand as a citizen, it, it, it's a right and a privilege I have as a citizen to receive it. Because he said in his word, I can ask anything in his name and it will be done. Amen. Was somebody going to say something? I don't want to. <laughs> um, uh, it, yeah for for me i would probably just there's probably a longer more complicated answer i would summarize it to reach back a little bit what i touched on last week that we'll get into more um that religion is about control and so religion is all about, you know, definitely controlling you. I've been in those church. I mean, I shared with you last week. I've been in churches where I had to give a 1099 to verify that I gave my 10%. Like, and believe this or not, I was under it for so many years. I just thought it was normal. It was just it was conditioned in me. Like, I thought, this is no lie. I literally believed that it, I was being submissive to my spiritual authority. I believed that. And I thought... Until the message of the kingdom came through. And I'm not saying we don't need to be submissive. Yes, we should be submissive to those who are in governing authority. But, but religion is all about control. It's about controlling you, and it's about... Forgive me. Um, it's often about... We have conditioned it that... It's not as much now, but specific religions... I mean, if you look at like bylaws and constitutions of some of these denominations... They are the kingdom. Some of the denominations in our country, there's very few now, they, have, they possess serious power politically, financially, um, and beyond. And so it's about control, and I believe it's about power that, honestly, you know, I mean, if we even look back through Scripture, Paul said that his greatest fights where the religious people was the scribes and the Pharisees you know um, he's just trying to preach the word and they're hunting him down trying to kill him you know 
And so I, to, to simplify it, I would just, it, it, I believe it comes down to a lot of control. It comes down to a lot of, you know, you got to do what we say. You're going to follow the way we do it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had preachers say, come preach. That's why I just don't go to most of them. It's an automatic no. Through our website, they have to fill out like a questionnaire. And most of the time, it's a no before it ever gets to my inbox um, because of the things that they demand. Like, it's crazy. But I've heard people say, we don't do that here. Also, we don't, we don't practice all scripture here. Okay, no, I'm not coming. Pretty simple. Um, because it's about control, you know. Um, I could give you some examples, but I'll refrain. To, to, to answer your question, that, that's my simplified answer. I think it comes down to a lot of control. I don't have anything against animations. There's some really good ones, all right? But I do have a problem with, like, that control have a problem with the way that they will twist scripture to make it fit what we want to believe rather than the context of it. Uh, I just, I won't, I won't be a part of that. Does anyone want to add to what I answered him? Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend of mine ask me this week, you know, Pastor, can I ask you a question? He said, I want your honestly, honest opinion. He went somewhere to minister, and he said, like, almost everybody in the church had a title. Like, everybody was a pastor of something, all right? And he said, like, I just don't get it. He said, um, like, nothing's happening. He said, I think there was, like, 26 pastors. And mind you, this is not a big church. So it was like 26 pastors, four apostles, what did he say, 15 evangelists, like everybody. Everybody was a deacon or an elder too. And he said, but there was nothing. He said, there were no signs, wonders, miracles, none of that. He said, shouldn't the signs be following these fivefold ministries? I said, yes. But they're all housed in one place and nothing's happening, right? Because it's another way that I believe we perverted Christianity. When, when people come to me and the first thing they want to tell me is their title, I'm just over it. I'm so over it now. Like, I believe titles are important. I believe God flows in anointings, all of those things. But that is not the most important thing about you or me, right? I think it's just another way we've, we've reduced what the kingdom of God is meant for to make it more palatable for people to swallow, to, to make ourselves feel like we're more than we are, to puff ourselves up and hide behind that rather than just being right with God, just being in right standing with God. That as long as you have to call me apostle this and that, and that it's, it flicks fear on some people and then I can hide behind that and not have to really be and do what God's called me to be and, and not, not, you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say? I just believe with all of my heart that especially here in America, we have just so perverted the gospel. Like when I've looked at, uh, as I'm a student, I like to study the word. Probably 90% of the new translations of the Bible that are out there are vomit in the very mouth of God. They are so far off base of what the original text means. I just, I get concerned and I think we've done it to make it, we've just done it to make people 
sit in our chairs and sit in our churches and feel better about themselves instead of dealing with sin issues, instead of dealing with our unforgiveness that I mentioned earlier, instead of dealing with the bitterness that sits in our church and all those things. And so as long as we don't teach the kingdom, it won't challenge you. I can preach on faith and I can keep preaching on seven ways to be blessed, but unless I preach the kingdom, none of that's ever going to come out because there's a there, there's an expectation uh, for me to receive and to operate within the laws of God and the message of the kingdom. I hope that makes sense. Somebody was going to ask them. Yeah. Amen. Now that I've gotten a little bit off track, let me let me see where. Um, Well, somehow I got off on we got off on a lot of those things, all relative, and, and still connected to the, the kingdom um, message. But um, yeah, I think we help me if I'm wrong. A, a Christian belongs to a religious group, but a citizen belongs to a kingdom. I think we were dealing with that, right? Yeah. So in other words, a religious uh, a religious uh, uh, people we often get things from our gods. I'll put it that way. Um, by appeasing them, but a citizen gets things from their government by qualifying for them. Mm. Hallelujah. So it goes back to the way that often religion and churches will, will, will condition us and cause us to think and cause us to learn their doctrine more than we will the, the message of the kingdom or the word of God, where the message of the kingdom, it, it says that, that we're qualifying for the things that the Constitution or the Word of God says that we can have. Um, and a citizen gets things from their government by demanding their rights. How, we see results happen in our country almost every day by people either marching on Washington or going to court, and we go to court to demand our rights be upheld, right? We'll have see some things get thrown out right because uh, citizens of this country will will demand their rights even when even, even when they come to arrest me they read me my rights because I'm a citizen hallelujah and so uh, as a as a citizen you and I have rights and we have privileges and we have to remember as a citizen that everything that God is and everything that God has is available to you and I through prayer Everything that God is and everything that God has is available to you and I through prayer. 
Thank you, Lord. Through prayer. I, I, I have a belief about prayer that prayer is not just uh, prayer is not just talking to God. I, I have a belief that there's a way to pray. There's a way to pray to get results. There's a difference between just you know just praying to pray. But then there is uh, there there is a real I believe a real way to pray, uh, identified through Scripture, through even the message of the kingdom. And so uh, our whole our whole idea of of prayer and uh, Prayer is, yes, something that we should do as a corporate activity, uh, as a church. But prayer is, is, is something that we do. It's an activity that, that causes heaven and earth. And man is, and, and it causes an interaction between heaven and earth. It's, it's me praying to bring heaven to the earth. All right. I, I mentioned that earlier. And so I want you and I to understand a couple of things about prayer. Some of you have heard this. I did a, a teaching many years ago, but... In order to understand and start walking in our kingdom authority, it's really important that you and I understand some real principles about prayer. That, that legal authority on the earth is in the hands of humans. All right? Legal authority on the earth is in the hands of humans. I'm going to prove it to you. If you're thinking I'm losing my mind. So while legal authority is in our hands, the second point I'll make before we get to that is God will never violate his laws that he created, and he will never break his word. Now, God said in, in the book of Genesis, he said that man shall have dominion over the earth. Man shall have dominion over the earth. This is why God is holy. This is why he has integrity. He is never gonna. Um, he's never gonna not do what he says he'll do, and so he says. He says that you and I will have dominion over the earth. I don't know. Were you part of that teaching I did on prayer about a human spirit or a human a spirit in a dirt body? Yeah. Okay, good. I should let you teach it. Um, this is why this is important about the, the kingdom of God. And, and if you can, I can understand this, it will help you and I to really expect and begin to see, I believe, results in our prayer life. Because it, it, it will revolutionize it if you allow it. That it's what I just said to, to Pastor Michelle, that we are, a, we are a, hum, a human is a spirit and a dirt body. Yeah. A human is a spirit and a dirt body. Our body is the secret to being legal on the earth. I'm going to show you through, through Scripture. It, it's, it's the ability for me to operate within power on the earth. Hallelujah. That's why you all got to take care of your body. Remember, the Bible says we, we use a lot in funerals. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. All right. In other words, that Scripture is saying you are no longer legal here. All right. You're, you're not legal here. If your body dies or... Spirit's got to go. Hallelujah. So when, 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 you, and I, when you and I pray uh, for healing, we're not going to just pray and ask God for healing uh, because we're hurting. 
when I pray and ask for healing, God, I, I thank you that I receive healing now because it's good for you. All right, I'm going to bring this all together in a moment. It's good for you. Paul said in, in, Paul said in Corinthians, he said, as, for, as food is for the stomach, even so the body was made for God. And God is made for the body. So God ended up creating you and I for him to house him. Hallelujah. So when I pray, I say, Lord, I thank you that you're going to fix your vessel. Right? When I, when I was praying just the other week like for, for myself and what I was facing, Lord, I think you're going to fix your vessel. I didn't just pray, Lord, I'm, I'm, help me to be an example. Help me to be a testimony, God. Help me to be just to be evidence. But, Lord, I thank you. You're going you're gonna to fix your vessel. Heal me. Heal me from the diseases I know and the secret diseases I don't. Right? Inside and out. Heal me now for your namesake, right? For, for you, right? And so uh, uh, if you can understand that, if you can, if you can begin to understand that, that, that it, it, in the manner of which you pray, of reminding God of his word, of you knowing who you are, of understanding how powerful you and are, and what helps to make you legal on the earth, it'll, it'll, it'll provide you such greater revelation, not just in your prayer life, but in what you are expecting to receive that you've been praying for. And when you lay hands on the sick, that you can expect them to recover. When you understand that, who you are and not, we don't have to listen to the whispers of the enemy that tries to tell us he's not listening. We're not going to receive it. We're going to die from this. All right. That, that if you can understand what, what I alluded to back there a moment, that you and I are, you and I have been, we, we have dominion over the earth. And that when I said a human is a spirit and a dirt body. And that our, our body is only, is only uh, legal, right? Our body is only legal, or our spirit is only legal, but because of the body we have, I'm, I'm going to dive more into that here in a moment. But I want you to understand that the way in which this power works is nothing's going to happen on the earth without you, without mankind. This is why God wants to stay close to you. This is why I believe that God gets really upset when we're playing games and we've made church into just more playing games and not really understanding these kind of things of how the kingdom of God operates, how we can walk in our rightful power and authority. We make it into everything else that's cute and comfortable. Uh, God doesn't want us to do that. He, he wants us to really understand what it is to live for him because he can't use us in the manners that, that we, what we've made church become and what we think that God can use me that way and God can use me in this way that we make it we try to make church and we try to make the word of God just more palatable and we water it down and all these things if we can just go back to the truth of the word of God it'll help you to understand how we're going to actually pray to see results how as citizens of the kingdom I can see these things that he has promised in his word manifest in my life I just finally got to a point in my life where I got tired of trying to preach to people pray for people and what we were praying for we weren't seeing that causes me to get really frustrated. Right? And so in frustration with the Lord made several years ago, that's when God really started opening my, uh, providing the revelation of what it is to be a part of the kingdom, to, to be a part of the kingdom of God, and how to receive the things of the kingdom, how to understand who we are, and to pray in that right authority in God, that, that w w when we pray that we can receive it, uh, understanding the, the power and authority that we walk in. Glory to God. And so he needs you and I. He needs you and I to, to uh, 
operate here on the earth. Right? We, I, I don't think we, we've necessarily tapped into the, that in, in the Word of God. We'll, we'll preach a lot about you know, our, our praise, our worship, and all of those things are important. But even beyond your worship, that God needs you and I to interfere in the earth. He, he wants to use you and I. All right, to do more even than what we've been able to do and, and to operate within our own, uh, with the, the, our own parameters that he's, that he's given us. I'm gonna, and we're going to end up turning uh, to some, some scriptures here shortly, but um, so I, we, may go, we may go into Genesis more on our dominion than that because I, I want to make sure I make that clear. For those of you that's the first time you, you've heard it, but I wasn't really planning to go there. Um, before we do prayer, um, prayer I believe is our earthly license for a heavenly interference. So when I pray, that is me here on the earth praying and believing that heaven is going to interfere because of who I am in Him. Not because I'm anything special, but because I'm part of the kingdom of God. When I call, he answers. We sort of gave the uh, illustration of the, when we pick up the phone and we call police, they come running with lights and sirens, right? So that's why I said when you and I pray, we employ angels on our behalf. They, they come running with lights and sirens, right? That's the kind of understanding I want you to have. Every time you go, oh, Lord, it's like he moves to the edge of the throne, listens up, and is ready to call dispatch. That, that's, that's how I like to look at prayer. And I'm telling you, it, it in, not just encourages me, that way of thinking and having that kind of understanding about heaven and the way that the kingdom of God operates helps me to expect results speedily. In the same manner that if you and I pick up our cell phone and we dial 911, or in this case, if I fall to the ground and my watch calls for me, I fell down the steps the other day, and a goofy watch identified it and started calling for help. I said, would you stop that? I'm all right. But in the same manner, that's what it is. When you and I call upon the Lord, he will send angels on our behalf. Remember, uh, we're going to command the armies of the Lord. And so if you call and you ask for something, he's going to send them. And so our, our prayer life, when we pray, when we gather together as a church to pray, when you go home and you pray, if you're driving down the road, it is your earthly license for a heavenly interference. So I know that about prayer. So when I pray, I expect answers. I expect results. So it, it's it's... Prayer is, is even, I'm just going to summarize sort of my definitions of what prayer is so you can understand what it is as we operate within the kingdom. Prayer is mankind giving God permission to interfere in earth's affairs. Oh, I said giving God permission. We'll get there, maybe. Prayer is also heaven's power impacting earth through man's earthly authority. Lois can't keep up. You just have to listen to it later, Lois. So it's, it, it, prayer is heaven's power impacting earth through man's earthly authority. Prayer is mankind giving heaven authority to perform God's word right here on the earth. Because it goes back to Genesis. He, he's given you and I dominion. Dominion. Here on the earth. Lord. 
I have a lot of definitions I wrote in here. Well, prayer. Um, the last one I gave you, a prayer is mankind giving heaven authority to perform God's word on the earth. Did I give you that? Okay, all right. Heaven's power impacting earth through man's earthly authority. Is that the one? Uh, that's why the, the Word of God, what is that, Isaiah, that says that God watches over His Word to perform it. Right. In other words, God is constantly waiting for someone to put his word in their mouth, telling him to do it. He's waiting on you and I to put his word. This is why we have to know the word. Our churches need to know the word. Our, our people need to know the word. Challenging them in, in, in Bible study. Our, our churches don't know the word because look around. Sunday morning's easy, quick. It's not, it doesn't require much of me. But, but you know. We want the things of God, but we don't want to live within the parameters of the Constitution. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Everybody wants a, let's just put it this way. All of us want a nice stimulus check. We like those during COVID, right? They were just sending them out. Yeah, keep sending them. Hallelujah. Well, we're good to go, right? But now that we're, what, 30-some trillion dollars in debt, Hallelujah. Now, imagine if we all actually, well, we do actually all have to pay that back, but um, uh, we, we always want the things that they're willing to give us, but we're not, we don't always want to do the things that's required to get them. The same thing is true about God. Uh, a lot of people want to receive the things of God, but we don't want to do what is required to receive them, right? But God said in his word, he said, I, he said I, I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. I, I'm just going to wait here until you can put my word in your mouth. And when you and I put his word in our mouth, then, then he's ready to go perform it. All right? Pr prayer isn't just me coming to God with, with, with even a bunch of words. If it's, it's, it's you taking to God his word. Prayer is me taking to God his word and then telling him to do it through the authority he gave us. Lord, I thank you that you're going to do this. I thank you that you're going to deliver this person because you, you've placed me here operate in your authority so now in the mighty name of jesus i declare this done right people that are operating in their right authority deliverance shouldn't take all day just gonna tell you we shouldn't have to labor to see him set free from a demon get out of here you devil from hell in the name of jesus all right operate within your rightful authority if the enemy knows you're not operating within your authority, and he, he, I believe that Satan knows more about our standing with God than most other church people do. The enemy will test you and I and try you and I, but, 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 but we have to understand our authority. That's what the message of the kingdom will help you to understand. I'm going to operate within, within my authority that God has given me. I'm going to receive the things that, he's, that he told me I can receive. That's why I'm not going to magnify my problem. Most people will say, how are you? How are you doing? They'll shoot a text. I, I'll never really magnify my problem. I, in fact, I never even tell anybody what's going on. Most of the time, my mom gets mad because I'm just quiet all the time. 
if if something's going on or if I was there a few weeks ago, I was just having I was just not feeling good constantly. And I was just quiet. She's like, What is wrong? I know you're mad at me. No, Ma, the world does not revolve around you. And I said, if I get quiet, it has nothing to do with you. I said, don't you know I'll tell you about yourself? Well, yeah, you usually do, but I really just assumed. No, because I've learned that, that I don't need to talk about my problem. The worst thing I've learned I can do in my life as a citizen of the kingdom is, is magnify the problem. So when people say, how are you? Or are you okay? Right, right. Uh, I don't say, well, it's been a bad day. The most you might get is it's been busy. I think that's what I told James earlier. Uh, I say that because I, 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 I want to still be honest when I'm answering you, right? But, but the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. And so, again, in the church, we'll talk about all about our problems and everything that everyone's doing wrong and how everyone's treating us. But the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. It doesn't say let the weak say I am weak or let the, let the sick say I am sick. So all too often when it comes to our prayer life, we're, we're talking one way and then we're trying to pray another. But the manner in which I'm talking is influencing the way in which I'm praying. Because know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying is preparing me to receive what I'm praying for, right? And so we, we're often just so backwards in, in the way that we I'm not saying don't ever identify you have a problem. Sure, you know, we all have bad days. But I'm saying I, I don't dwell on it. I don't stay there. Because if I do, I step out of faith. I start doubting God. I start wondering if he's going to do it. I start thinking, uh, well, I won't, I won't get that. I have to stay, for me, I have to stay in faith, right? And so the Bible says, for it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. And if I do not keep my mind disciplined and conditioned, I will fall into a depression so quick and would give up and pack up and move to Florida and say, forget it all uh, in no time, right? What were you going mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
Yes. Hallelujah. Sorry. All right. I thought I had my head down because I was trying to look something up. Um, but I, so I wasn't sure if somebody else was waving me down. Um, Bible says, I have to find my place. The Bible says that by the mouth of the wicked, the city is destroyed. But the words of the righteous, it is established. By the mouth of the wicked, the city is destroyed. But the words of the righteous, it is established. We've got to pay attention to what we're saying and how we're praying. Because of what we're establishing. All right. How we connect and we're, we allow strongholds and things like that to be in our life by the things that we're saying and, and, and often contradicting what we're praying for. The Bible says that there's life and death in our tongue. Life and death in our tongue. There is power in it. And so we have to be more aware of what we're praying. Uh, he, G, remember, Jesus said, when you pray, believe what you say. And if you believe what you say, it's going to come to pass. So, so we can't wait till we see it. We, we have to say it till we see it. All right. A lot of times we just wait till we see something. But Jesus was saying, I need you to say it before you see it. You know, say it until you see it, right? So he, because he, he wants to perform his word in our life. He wants to bring forth what he promises us in our life. And so he doesn't, we don't have to practice describing our problems, all right? In other words, it's, it's okay to, you know, say, hey, I got this going on, but don't, don't practice describing them, hallelujah. Because uh, prayer is not just me telling God what is wrong. I, I don't even have to tell him what's wrong, although I do. I'm, God help me, I'm about to punch somebody out. Hallelujah. I'm going to fix it myself to go to jail, oh God. Right? But prayer isn't really just me, me, me telling God what's wrong. Prayer, prayer is really, this is how I like to think of prayer. Prayer is me telling or, or reminding God, reminding God of what he promised to fix that's wrong. That's how I like to view prayer. So it's not just me going to God and complaining. There are some days I'm complaining. I'm like, God, I don't know why you call me to lead your people. Hallelujah. Right? There is a day like that. God, you, you picked the wrong man. God, I don't even like your people. Right? I told, I, I told a pastor from the other day, I said, God, I, I told him, I said, brother, you really got to pray. I said, this is just a bad day. I said, I don't even know why God called me because I don't even like his people people very much today and so we were we were joking back and forth and the truth of the matter is is if if you allow people will get you to have such an attitude about them that you start seeing them and identifying with what's wrong with them and see what the message of the kingdom will help you do is stop seeing people by their flaws and identifying them by their flaws this that'll jack you right up the message of the kingdom will cause you to start loving on people that used to get on your nerves I know that. See, that's not a problem. That's, that's why religious people won't preach this. Because I'm telling you, if, if, if you're a religious, and I come out of the, a lot of those churches, it's, it's our forward no more mentality. You know, it, it, it is about that control. It is about those things. But, but 
you're you're labeled by whatever it is that they think and they won't love on you you can't help do nothing you can't pray for nobody you can't you can't anoint with oil because bless god you're not elder so and so and who do you think you just it's all of this stuff I mean, you and I need to understand what, what the Word of God has said, what, what, we, what we have brought ourselves to tonight, that God is desiring to perform it, and He will perform it when you and I understand who we are and whose we are and, and operating within that, understand that we have the life and death in there and that I'm not going to wait to see it manifest in my life. I'm going to keep saying it until I see it in my life and, and, and believe in God for it. And as you and I begin to do that, it's going to change the way that you love on people, the way that you interact with people, because you're not going to just see them by what's wrong with them. You're going to see them by what God has put inside of them. And so you'll start loving on people and, and challenging them and, and loving them despite how nasty they are sometimes, because you have the ability to see what God put in them that he wants to bring out of them. And so, but, but as long as you and I aren't, aren't seeking the kingdom, that's why he said, seek ye first the kingdom. Don't seek the approval of people. Don't seek a uh, hundred million dollars. Don't seek all the things that sometimes we get caught up in seeking. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. Then all the other stuff will come to you. If you as you seek the kingdom, God will show you where people fit in the kingdom. That's why I get mad at God's people sometimes because if they'd seek the kingdom, they'd stay where God put them. Instead, they get impatient and they think they're going to go somewhere else and then, oh, it's going to be better. No, if you're not seeking the kingdom. You're seeking an opportunity. Oh, hallelujah. That's why there's all kinds of celebrities and everybody wants their own Facebook page and everybody wants to have their own website and all this stuff. I only finally picked up writing the book again because the Lord spoke. And I had to send out permissions from the attorney to say, he's putting you in the book, so you best be ready. And I had to get ready to do all that because he spoke. I thought, who, who needs this? And then I had a, a friend of mine write the foreword, who's already an author, and he said, brother, and I, so I said, I'll send you the pages I got. He said, yeah, I said, I want to know what I'm putting my name to. He came back and he said, brother, this is going to revolution. He said, this is an on-time word. I said, oh, bless God, hallelujah. It must be why God's opened the doors, that it's going to be available all these places, because it was on time. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I didn't figure out how am I going to have the time to do it, right? My point my point is that when you and I are seeking the kingdom, all the other things will come in their time. Right? All the other things. When you and I seek the kingdom, he'll, he'll help you and I to love the people that are difficult. When you and I are seeking the kingdom, I won't get concerned about what Susie Q said. I'm seeking the kingdom. Right? I, it doesn't matter who's mad. I'm seeking the kingdom. See, religion gets us all caught up in those things. That's why uh, maybe we haven't got there yet that religious people like to fight. They do. They just like to fight. That's why they call us themselves the army of the Lord. It's not even in Scripture. We are not the army of the Lord, right? Because we're conditioned. We just want to fight with somebody. You know, most of the time we'll, we'll, you'll get a talking head on cable TV who are trying to speak for the kingdom, but they're just religious and they're just trying to fight with somebody. And so the church has gotten a bad name because we got somebody who has pastor in front of their name on Fox or CNN or somebody trying to talk about what the position of the church is, but it's not kingdom-minded. So they make a lot of people mad. I, I know I'm going on a rabbit trail. The point of the matter is, is the message of the kingdom, we wouldn't be fighting with and ostracizing ourselves from most of the people that God has called us to minister to if we sought the kingdom first. 
and all these things will be added. We're seeking the things, but not the kingdom. Because I, I want the things he can give me without having to seek the heart of the king. Without living up to who he's called me to be. Right? And the only way I'm going to seek the heart of the king is, Lord, reveal your kingdom to me. Operating within the parameters of what I believe is, is the right way to pray. Reminding God of his word. Not telling him what I want or only that, but I remind God of his word. Before I do something, where I go, what I'm doing, I remind him of his word. God, I thank you that you've, you've prepared that place for me before I walk in there. Hallelujah. God, I, I thank you that you've given me favor for this already in the name of Jesus. And when I got, remind God of his word, I walk into something that I still don't know how it's going to turn out because, you know, I'm not God. And yet it works out according to what he promised in his word because all I did was just remind him of his word. Remind him what he said he would do. I'm operating within the parameters that he's, he's, he's given us. So you need to say it until you see it. Say it until you see it. Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. As I said in a staff meeting the other week, related to this, is uh, I, I, I was challenging uh, the staff as we approach the new year that our goal needs to be loving people back to life. Right? We really should. That's what the kingdom of God is. Christians, we've made it into... Um, uh, we've made it into follow our rules do these things like we think you should do them and wanting people to fit into that and just loving people back to life uh, today just as an example uh, this isn't boasting it's just it's one of the ways we're trying to love people back to life we had multiple needs come to the office today and uh, one family called and they came in uh, somebody left them in upstairs and you know flip-flops on their feet and stuff they had no warm shoes here the 
the men and women were sharing clothes because uh, they didn't have enough to go around and they just happened to call because they had heard. And it's easy to say, nope, I'm sorry, Norma's Closet's closed. It'll be open again January 16th because that's the truth. But we don't. We open it up and we go upstairs. Of course, Cynthia does. And we go upstairs and they were trying on, I don't know, you were there. Every coat. It's a small way. My point is, is we want to do more than just clothe them. Our, our goal is, you know, we want to love them back to life. Our goal is to, you know, help them get beyond where they are. If they need help with a job, if they need some work experience, whatever. I've got a long list of employers that want to give people second chance employment. Like, don't matter if they have a criminal record. Don't matter if they have an addiction problem. They're, they want to, they want to help people, right? And so we want to love them back to life. That's us being the kingdom. It'd be easy to say, no, I'm sorry, you'll have to wait till the 16th. Or, no, I'm sorry, our church don't. You know how many people call our church because they've called churches and they say, no, we can't help you. No, we don't do that. You know, I mean, it is unreal. While we build our brand new buildings and, you know, have the best of everything, they can't help pay a power bill for somebody in their church. Now, that may you think, well, that's way off the kingdom. I'm talking about the ways in which we can demonstrate the love of God, the kingdom of God. And so I just wait on those opportunities. Those opportunities of clothing people is a way to demonstrate the love of God, the, the love of the kingdom of God, who he, who he is, and that he'll use us to supply some needs for people. And so it's in, in ways like that to be able to get them in the door and then start teaching them about the kingdom of God and who they are in him. When we looked at um, there was a sister that came and watched us for years, I'll refrain from using her name, and has watched us on TV for years, and every time she comes, she just bawls like a little baby. And she said, I just don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't get why I come here, and I just cry, and I just cry, and I just cry. And she said, I'm so broken. I said, yes, but you're broken in all the right places. And you need to know that God loves you. And being able to minister to that, that is you and I loving people back to life. That's letting them know who they are. It's conditioning them and speaking to their innermost being of what's wrong and that how God wants to make it right. Instead of being up here preaching about everything in their life that is wrong and where they're not measuring up, our, our culture does that. Our, our culture in America is just constantly beating people down and pushing them. But the church is not the place to beat them down. Yeah, we need to call things out when people are wrong, they're wrong. What I'm saying is, 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 is the gospel message is a message that will pull you up to be the person that God's called you to be. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. If we would just simplify it. We've tried to make our relationship with God, I think, just so complicated and make too many hoops to have to jump through. And we just need to love people where they are. And we're going to be able to love them if we can get the message of the kingdom. I'm telling you, it sounds so simple, but it is just true. When you, get, when you realize what God has available for you as a citizen of the kingdom, when you see that and you can begin to understand that, it will help you then to be able to love other people. And then you also don't look at people and look at them as competition. I don't have to be in competition with Clifford since he can play the piano too. But I'm telling you, it happens all the time. I've been in churches where it's split. I've been, you know, or because somebody sings and this person sings better in competition. If you're a citizen, 
you applaud the gift you applaud the anointing because you just see yourself as a citizen it's it's about the kingdom it's not about you right that's what's important that's the difference it helps us in so many areas the message of the kingdom that we haven't even scratched the surface of but that's just one way you don't have to worry about who's going to lunch with the preacher today he still loves you I'm telling you, people leave churches over dumb stuff like that because they're focused on all the things that aren't kingdom-minded. You know, what drives us to do what we do? It should be the kingdom that does it, not me. You know how many people get guilted into doing something? Michelle guilts people every week going to her church to do things for her. That's religious. No, she doesn't, really, she doesn't. But people will guilt you and they'll manipulate you. She mentioned earlier, which, which is witchcraft, right? And, and to get us to do things where if we, have, if we can preach the kingdom, I, 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 we'll get into it. I just, there's, um, when I tell you there's so much revelation in the Word of God about the kingdom of God that literally all we have to do when, when, when the church begins to get the revelation, it will call upon his name and signs, wonders, miracles just fall. There's because there's so much. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Anything else? Somebody else. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, um, there's several, there's several scriptures that I want to be able to use. I'm not going to be able to tonight. Next week, uh, Matthew and in Luke, <clears throat> uh, what Jesus has said several times about the kingdom. Uh, just, I'll, I'll give you, uh, I'll give two of them to you, just to start looking ahead for next week. But we're going to be in Matthew 13 next week, and Luke 13. But one of the things that, that Jesus says, um, he says in uh, Matthew, he said, um, because of the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. I'm going to challenge you even now. Pray, God, reveal to me the secrets of the kingdom. Pray and ask him of that, the secrets of the kingdom. Because look what he does. Jesus identifies that, that the secrets are revealed, he says, to you. He was talking to his disciples. He says, but it's not revealed to them or the multitudes. In other words, not everyone's going to get it. There are some things that shouldn't be preached probably on a Sunday morning. I've learned that. There are some topics I just don't even bother. Because I watch it as I preach. I watched it Sunday morning when I got all fired up and in some way started rebuking some stuff. You, I could just see the resistance. Um, they clammed up and puckered up. It wasn't meant for them. Anymore. Like I said it and they didn't receive it. Look around. You can fill the house on a Sunday morning on Gala Week, but hell, oh, Jesus. The message of the kingdom is not for all of them. They can connect themselves to a horse that's going in the right direction where there's power, where there's miracles, all those things. But guess what? It, it doesn't mean that they'll necessarily see them in, in their life just because they hitched to my horse. 
It doesn't work that way. You have to seek the kingdom for yourself. All right, they'll, they'll be here when they start see when as they see things happening and they'll you know all of those things. But but Jesus was saying it's not going to be revealed to the multitudes, but it will be to you. To who? Why did he say disciples? Because they were seeking it, even though they fully didn't understand it. We'll get into next week even Luke where there's a difference between the information and the revelation. I can give you a lot of information about the kingdom of God, but why you need to pray God reveal to me the secrets of the kingdom of God. Is, is so that you can get the revelation of it that, that you and I need to have. Um, so he, he says, but not to them, or, or referring to the multitude. The other um, scripture, oh Lord, um, that we'll look into next week is uh, Matthew 13. I think I mentioned that. Um, Matthew 13. Um, and, and Jesus says this. I'll, I'll just elude this, throw this out to you <clears throat> before next week. <clears throat> he says, whoever does not have, he's speaking of the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. He said, whoever does not have the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, even what they have will be taken from them. So Jesus is saying, a person who already has, doesn't have. I don't know if you've... If you've never not had something, you're going to lose whatever it is you have. In other words, <clears throat> Jesus is saying this about religious people. Jesus is saying the ignorant religious people, or I'll, I'll clean it up. I'll, I'll say the people who have a lack of knowledge, ignorant people, who think they know. Jesus is saying even what you think you know, you're going to become ignorant of that. That's how secret the message of the kingdom is. <clears throat> and he wants us to understand there are keys to get to it, keys that religious people don't want to preach. All right? He, but he's saying even what they think they know, they're going to lose that. They're, going to be, they're, they're ignorant now, but let me put it another way. Jesus is saying you're, these religious people, they're ignorant now, but they're going to be even more ignorant. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then I told you we'll look in Luke 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. Luke 13, Matthew 13. It's going to be good. Um, and the, one of the last ones we'll, I'll give you for next week is in Luke 13. We'll start looking around verse 16, 17 next week. More scriptures on the kingdom. He says, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Verse 17, for truly I tell you, many prophets, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see. And to hear what you hear but they did not hear. I want you to understand, Jesus is telling them, all the many prophets that we read in Scripture did not hear and did not see what you see and hear. That's what you need to understand is available to you and I is the message of the kingdom. Jesus came to preach one message, the message of the kingdom. He literally is saying there, many prophets, many prophets, as, uh, 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 Moses and Daniel and Joseph and Ezekiel. He, he goes on and on. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they did not see it and to hear what you did not hear. In other words, all these people, they got information, information that we read but they didn't get the revelation. 
Even, even he says, and righteous people. Uh, a righteous person we could think of right about Abraham. Abraham, uh, a person in right standing with God, but still did, still did not have the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I won't even go any further because I'll start getting into like goody good, good stuff. A- 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 Abraham, who, who, who had faith, believed, but did not understand. Do you know how many people are assembling here on Sunday morning? Have faith, they believe, but they do not understand. And I can see like it's right there available to them. And I'm just like, oh, if you could just only be in a position to fully receive what God wants to do in your life. It'd be yours. They believed, but they did not understand. But Jesus said it's been given to you for you to know. I think that's all. That should make you leave here and puff your chest and be like, okay, God, bring it. Bring it. Give me the revelation of your kingdom. Because in other words, Jesus was saying, I don't want you to be like Moses and I don't want you to be like Joshua. I want you to understand the message. I don't want you just to have the information. I want you to have the information with revelation. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to see what you long for me to see. And I'm going to hear what you long for me to hear. Glory to God. Glory to God. Anyways, I I could go on. But we're going to definitely deal with Luke 13 next week. Because there's some good stuff. I I think I'm going to even deal on the parable that Jesus teaches there. So if you want to go ahead and read the chapter. uh, Yeah, because the, the disciples said to Jesus, what? We don't understand. They didn't understand the parable when he starts talking about the rocky ground and the, and the, we're going to go there. And within that, Jesus is describing them the kingdom. That's why I said you can't preach everything on a Sunday morning. That's why I don't even bother anymore. Uh, a, a freshman preacher will just go for it. And they're not going to see the results because you're just going to you know, throw out. Well, what did I say two weeks ago? We, we, we often try to... We'll, we'll, but the, how an eagle doesn't feed like a chicken does. A chicken will always feed off the ground. That's how most of the church feeds. Off the ground, looking down. But an eagle will feed from the air. So we have to understand that, that there's, a, there's a difference. All right? And so, anyway, I, I, I'll, I'll stop there. Any last-minute comments? Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and all the degrees in the world. So my mom asked me the other day, she said, why don't you ever, when are you going to ever bring your degrees ever and put on the wall? I said, they're in a box. I haven't even opened them. They're not important. They don't matter. This is my point. Because we'll focus on information. We'll focus on look at me, look at this title, look what I got, look what I earned. It's nothing. It really isn't anything. You need the revelation of the Holy Spirit. you know how many people I know that's got a lot of you know, things behind and be in front of their name, and they don't have no revelation? Do you know none of the revelation I got, I, none of it I got out of writing my, oh, my thesis? None of them. <laughs> they don't teach you most of the things you need to know. And the church focuses on all the wrong things. Do we have the right lighting? Do we have the right carpet? Do we have the right chairs? Do we have the coolest-looking church van? You know, we'll sell churches, buy new ones just to have the right 
atmosphere to bring in, you know, whatever. But there's no message of the kingdom. There's no miracles, healing. Yet you're baptizing a lot of sinners that are going in wet and, you know, I, I won't even go there. There's no, there's no fruit at all happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah we don't, we're not seeking it. I mean, I can't tell you honestly. I get to listen to like a lot of preachers and then people will send me like, check out my church. I can't tell you the last time I heard a message on seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How about you, Brother Cliff? Have you heard? I haven't heard any. I haven't heard a mainstream preacher. I haven't heard one of these rinky-dinks, whatever preachers who send me stuff. Hey, check that. There isn't. We're not seeking the power. I just... It's forgotten. And, and Sunday morning crowds don't want to hear it. Just telling you. But if you can get a midweek crowd to seek it, to plug into the power source, it can change a church. But I'm, I'm telling you, I just told somebody this. I said, poor guy, he means well. He was like, I need to preach that down at my church. You don't even know the problem. I said, I preach at your church. I said, I'm telling you, if you preach that message, you'll be gone by the end of the month. He said, Are you for, I said, I'm telling you, reserve it. I said, gather your leaders, teach it to them. If they take it and run with it, then maybe. But I said, I'm telling you, don't do it. Because point is, is I really believe that we're, we're focusing, we're, we're, we're majoring on all the minor things that, that isn't interesting God at all. When we need to be focused on all, all, all the kingdom message, changing ourselves, to be in right standing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is to be our focus. And loving people back to life. Hallelujah.